series, How to Become Fluent in English. So today we're joined with a special guest that we're going to discuss how to think and how to speak like a native English speaker. So uh, before we jump in, Angelina, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, uh, well, my name is Angelina and I'm an English teacher. I'm not actually a native speaker, so I had to learn English and to learn how to think in English, actually. And um, I'm based in France and I've decided to teach English because first I started to travel and actually I had to find a job. And that's where I started to teach English and I loved it. And, and since then, I'm still teaching English. That's uh, pretty much my story. Okay. Then other than English and French. Sorry, did you, Sorry, did you catch that? Did I lag? <laughs> no. I cut out. No, I said, um, sorry, yeah, maybe my connection is bad. It's other than um, English and French, uh, do you know any other languages fluently as well? Or is it just um, just English and French? Fluently, I mean, really fluently English, French, but um, I have another background. I'm Turkish, so I can speak Turkish, but I'm not fluent in Turkish because my parents didn't used to actually talk Turkish at home and so it's not really comfortable for me to think and speak in, in Turkish. I see. I okay. Okay. I see. Then are most of your students um, francophones? Most of your students uh, speak French, I'd imagine. Okay. Most of my students, yes, because I'm in France. So, <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. I was going to say, throughout your experiences, mm. uh, what would you say are some of the most common mistakes you see when you're teaching people how to speak English? What are, what are some of the most common mistakes that people make that hold them back? Well, um, the first thing is to think in their native language first. So I guess... It doesn't matter if you're French or, you know, whatever. Um, the first mistake is to think in their own language and translate in English in their heads and they say it out loud. So it's like, you know, a full process of translating a language, but it's completely wrong at the end. So the whole sentence, it's correct in their in their language, like in French, let's say, but it doesn't make sense in English. So that's the first mistake for me. That's the most common mistakes uh, that people do, that my students do. And um, to correct that, I have to, like, I tell them not to think in French. I tell them to, to, to not think at all, actually, to jump in and, and talk in English first, and then uh, they will, you know, that, like the whole process of 
thinking, translating, and then speaking, it's too hard. It's too long, even for the brain. So I tell them to speak in English straight away, not to think in French, not to think in English, but just, you know, slowly speak in English as the words come. So. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, I faced the same challenge when I had to learn the into the French language, it never made sense. So I'd say, yeah, especially for people starting out, um, be sure to uh, try to develop a good foundation so you can actually follow the English figure of speech. I would even recommend, uh, what I typically recommend is that they start with a grammar book in their native language that outlines the differences between their native language and the English language. Um, that's not the only way. There are different paths you can take to setting up that foundation. But um, at the end of the day, it's still extremely, extremely important that you understand the differences between your native language and the English language, or else you're destined to speak broken exactly. English. Exactly. Yes. You're going to speak broken English. It's definitely going to I totally agree with you and that's actually what i'm telling to my students to start with you know basic grammar actually in english and then to stop comparing like not comparing but more like to stop trying to find out what uh, this tense should be or could be in english because that's how french people actually think they think oh it's in uh, imparfait, so I have to speak in, in in past simple or I have to speak in present perfect simple, but that's not how it works in English. And so what I'm telling is to actually work on, on the basic of, of the grammar first and, and trying to, you know, compare tenses between each other, when to use which tenses, let's say um, the present perfects, present perfect simple and the past simple when to use which one and then you can actually compare it to, to 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 french grammar because french grammar is really really difficult and you can use different um, uh, grammar tense to say the exact same thing but in english it's different when you use some tense in English, uh, it means something and you can't really mix it up. But um, that's also one of the most common problems I see when I teach my students. They try to find out, you know, the, the equivalent uh, in, in English and most of the time it doesn't work. So. Yeah, definitely. And um, especially as a beginner, uh, I know it It doesn't seem like the sexiest method to learn English because it's really slow <laughs> and it's really steady. But um, if you listen to English with English subtitles and French subtitles or subtitles actually showing um, how words are used in context, you can clearly see the translation. So um, if yes. there's something that's said in French that really does not translate to English, it'll give you a pretty good equivalent of the translation into English. Um, this isn't, this takes a lot of time 
and you need to start slow and you need to start with material that you can mostly understand. Uh, you can't jump right into very fast dialogues and very fast conversations or else it won't work. Um, but I would say if you take this slow and steady way to improve your uh, listening skills in order to improve your speaking skills, then I think that um, it'll definitely do wonders uh, for your English. You're going to be very well-spoken as opposed to uh, having all of these gaps in your English mm -hmm. grammar, essentially. Yeah. So. Well, grammar, you have to learn on the books. You can't really mm -hmm. learn on TV. I mean, it's hard because there's, there's yeah what well, right it's hard like you can but too hard like you need to really to understand on the books first um well the one thing i also you know recommend to my students when um they're trying to improve their english mostly the listening part and the speaking part um i told them to listen in english i mean not really listen, but hear in English. So they have to recreate the idea of, you know, walking in the streets when they are, I don't know, let's say in London. And for that, they have to put a channel, TV channel or a podcast in English and just let it... Um, let it play around the day while they are doing something else. So the idea here is not to focus on what they're saying or to understand what they're saying. The idea here is just to get your brain and your hear used to the sound because again, in French, we don't have that. French um, speaking, it's not like a sound speaking. You, you learn on the books, you can actually learn, you can start to, you can start to speak English, uh, speak French, sorry. I mean, you can try. But in English, it all depends on, you know, the intonation, the accent, and the pronunciation. All of them are really important in, in English. So before also to, you know, um, speak with someone or trying to understand someone, first you need to get used to the sound and then used to some words. And then after some time, you'll start to understand, you know, one word or meaning or a phrase or even the full, you know, podcast or movies or whatever you're actually hearing, but not to focus on the, on the sound, not to focus on the TV or, you know, what you're hearing. You need to do something else. Your brain has to think that you are not in French, that you are, uh, in, in Australia or you are in in America or Canada and that's how you know you start to um, you start to condition your brain you start to tell them to tell him sorry that you you're not in French and he has to work differently in order to understand and to survive in a different environment and that's you know that's the, the first not the first step but that's one of the first steps to really engage with the language and that your brain start the process of learning on your, of a new language that's yeah, for, so. yeah i know that that totally makes sense 
and another associated with the English language versus the culture associated with the French language or any other language, it's usually quite different. And there's usually a lot of nuances. So um, even in terms of what is formal or what is informal, what is polite and what is impolite versus this whole entire social norms are different as well. So that's another aspect that people usually just develop with time. They can usually kind of sense it. They can feel it out. But um, for some people who speak certain languages as their first language, it's not always as obvious, unfortunately. So yes, yes, definitely. And I see about 17 of you guys came in here. So if you're watching this on Facebook or if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, if you'd like to support the channel, you could simply just do so by liking the video. It'll help the algorithm spread the message to other people who are also trying to improve their English skills. And uh, as you come in, if you have any questions, do our best to answer them. And uh, yeah, as you come in, also uh, tell us where you're from. Love to know. So MD Masood sends a flower. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So uh, do you ever notice that, Angelina, that people... um, have difficulties adapting to the culture of a new language do you think that they still use french mannerisms and french manners and french uh yeah when they speak in english actually um that's also one of the most common issues that students can have and also that i i had when i went to australia because i lived there for two years and I think that was one of the first most difficult part is the culture, the differences in the culture, the way you talk, the way you think. You know, it's one thing to learn a new language and to, you know, how to think in English, how to speak in English, but it's the other thing, it's another thing to live in the country and trying to adapt to this country because it's not the same thing. Like the way I used to talk in French, I can't actually talk in English. And the way I used to talk in English in Australia, I can't talk like that in French because, you know, they think it's rude to be as, you know, as straightforward or to say things like that. And, sorry, um, in Australia, when I was there for Australian people, that was very, you know, hypocrite to talk like how I used to talk in French. And that's actually weird, but at the same time, interesting and also, you know, sometimes uncomfortable because you're trying to say something and someone doesn't really understand the meaning and at the end, you're just completely lost, you know, in the language, if you have to talk in French and English, you, you don't even know. But um, that was also very difficult to, and that's also what, I'm, what I say to my students to watch TV or to listen podcasts or, you know, anything, because they need to see how English people talk, how English, you know, native speaker talk because that's also really important to see 
look at the way they even made the, the, the sentence structure, it's completely different. Not in the grammar books, not in the sense of, you know, theoretical, but they tend to do, they tend to speak like that because, because it's, they don't think like us. That's a reverse. In French, when, when we have to actually compare between French and English, the way we think, it's completely different. We take things reverse. So, like French people, they take the long road, they take the long and difficult road, but English speakers, they tend to take the shorter road, the, the simplest and the easiest road. So even the way you think it's completely different. And, and that's also really difficult to adjust to, you know, people who are learning English. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it must be, especially with written too. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think written mm -hmm. French is a lot different than spoken French. So it's um, it can get quite wordy. And something I could take two words to say in English is <laughs> like 10 words in French, just like you said. Exactly. So it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it is challenging. And then I'm sure all of the other languages as well have their own unique challenges too, um, especially the languages that don't follow the same alphabet. That's a whole nother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> whole exactly. Yeah, so that's, and I also recommend to, this is something that I hear a lot. Um, a lot of people have a preference for only learning English from native English speakers. But I would say, especially if you're a beginner, you should try to find somebody who is bilingual and knows your native language mm -hmm. and the English language. And they can explain the process that they took to um, become fluent in English. And they could probably make your life easier and help you learn it quicker than they did because of all the mistakes or all the experience that they gather through that time. So I think that is a little bit underrated. <laughs> I, I usually yes, say. Yes. Yes. I, I actually noticed that, you know, some of the, even on my online students, they try to find native speaker. And I was, I'm like, if you really want to learn English, like more, slowly or steadily maybe try to find your um your teacher in your native language and and bilingual as you say and learn english because it's not because um i'm not english that i i'm not a native english that i don't speak english very well or i can't teach it i have an accent i have definitely french accent but that's fine. I mean, that's not something that most people don't like it um, because I don't know for other, I can't speak for, you know, students from other countries, but in French, we have this thing that when you speak English, um, I don't know, I, I, I can't actually really understand why they're doing this because it's clearly doing on purpose, you know, it's not something natural, but the French accent, like the really strong French accent, when people, you know, talk like this and that and, and talk like with their French accents, you know, really strong like that, it's actually they're doing on purpose. They don't want to take the English accent because they think 
if they take, if they, you know, try to speak with the English, English accent, people will laugh at them and or, or people will think that, you know, they are, um, how, how can I say this? Um, there's a word for that and doesn't come like it's, um, when you think too much of yourself, you know, when you want to show off. That's oh, people will think they're like uh, pretentious and yes, you know, exactly okay, pretentious. Yeah. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. <laughs> but yes, pretty much. So they, they actually yeah. they don't want to take the accent, and mm. I don't understand why. And I'm like, that's okay. You can. People won't laugh at you, and even if they do, I mean, that's fine. That's totally fine. You have to. You have to be. You know, be able to laugh at yourself. Be able to you know, not take it personally. Um, they don't, they don't trying to be mean or anything, but French people, yes, they just don't want to, I don't know if, it, if they don't want to bother or if they don't want to try or if they're scared of what people could think about them, but there is something different, something, you know, more personal than the way or than you know, um, because some, let's say that like some uh, letters or some sound you have in English that we don't have in French and, and same thing opposite, you know, we have some sound in French that you don't sound, you don't have in, in English. Uh, let's say, you know, the, most French people say the because we don't have that. But it's really easy to, to correct that. It's really easy to, to say it they don't don't want to do it it's like you know pretentious or they think you know it's not the way they have to do it so there is also this thing that's probably the third most common mistake i see is more personal people have to um get over you know all the judgment and get over this kind of stuff and they they have to try they have to to speak and not be and not be afraid of what other might what others might think of them yeah and to touch on that do you think that somebody so after after saying all that do you think that somebody should strive to speak like a native english speaker or do you think that they should just embrace their accent and accept their accent for me, the accent wasn't really the problem. I mean, hmm. the English, the accent, it's not really important. What you really need to eat, you know, the, the, the rhythm or the pronunciation. But your accent, it's actually who you are. So if you want to erase it, well, that's personal. That's not really, you know, a straight... Um, it's not necessary. Yeah. No, it's not, not not really necessary. I mean, I don't want to sound English. I don't want to sound like American or English or whatever. Um, I try not to sound too French because I know that's really a really strong accent. But um, but other than that, no, that's not necessary. Okay, so like in other words, you should have a good balance of both. I would. Yeah, I mostly agree with what you said. I would say that clarity is really the most important thing. 
can you be understood by native speakers like mm -hmm. myself? Can you understand yes. when native speakers like myself speak to you? If you can yeah. do that, then honestly, you could probably get by traveling anywhere in the world that speaks exactly. English. So, exactly. and that's another thing I'd say for a lot of people, if your goal is just to travel and be able to have basic conversations with other English speakers, you don't really need to learn past the B2 level, I would say. Exactly. I, I agree with you. You can do most of the basic things in life as an English speaker. And even a lot of native English speakers um, struggle with English as well. So that's also <laughs> another thing to keep in mind. I mean, it's not that um, cut and dry. But yeah, exactly. with that being said, there, there has to be a balance, though, because I don't mean to pick on French people, but especially with French people, it's it's really difficult for them to learn pronunciation, yes. I see, in English, um, because exactly the letter H, they have an extremely difficult time <laughs> with the letter H, um, the, yes. the, there. Um, anything that begins with H happy, we'll say happy or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's, um, yes. So, I mean, I we have that exactly. But yeah. thing is, in French, the H sound doesn't exist. Okay. Right. When yeah. we have H, we have H. That's it. That's only on, on the written part. Yeah. The thing is, uh, so the sound H, the happy or the house for French people, that's really hard because when we think or when we speak, if, if you really pay attention on how they speak in French, because French is also a nasal sound. So when you speak French, sometimes you, you know, you breathe or sometimes you exhale the air. Okay, so like the H sound. So when you want to say it, well, they say hit. You know, but that's that this part, this is why it's difficult. And this is why they mix the H sound with happy and happy. It's because sometimes in French, when you speak with nasal sound, you have to breathe the air, you have to exhale the air. And that's why you have the sound comes out of, of our mouth. And that's why some words in English, we put the H sound and that's why sometimes we don't. And that's something they really need to focus on when they speak English, to really try to, to think of the word H, where there is the H and when there isn't. Her and not her. You know, it and not hit. Um, exactly. That's but it's really difficult. It's difficult for them, yeah, because especially if you've gone your whole life, let's say you went 30 years of your life speaking that way. <laughs> yeah. And now exactly. all of a sudden, you're going to try to change your patterns. You're going to try to learn English at age 30 or something like that. I mean, it's, yes. it is really difficult for certain people. Uh, but nothing is too difficult to practice for, I would say. No. Um, once you practice training your mouth to speak a certain way, once you say exactly. something 100 times, 1,000 times, 10,000 times, it's going to feel natural eventually. Exactly. So it's uh, – but – at first, I know a lot of people get discouraged because um, they begin to realize in the early stages of learning and effort. This is actually going to take um, a lot of time. They, they slowly start to notice, oh, this I'm actually not going to become fluent in English overnight. 
I'm not going to become fluent in English in like one week or two weeks. Like it's going <laughs> to, it's going to take quite some time. They understand um, how much work actually is involved in learning a new language. And then um, unfortunately, that's where a lot of people quit um, yes. before they really get started. Um, and that's, yeah. that's also one of my challenges as a teacher, because, you know, students are, people who want to learn English, they came to, they come to me and they ask me, you know, how long it will take to, 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 in order to speak English. And that's a really tricky question because I don't want to discourage them, but at the same time, I don't want to lie to them. So, and also it depends on people, you know, you can't really give, give them a time frame. For example, for me, it took me probably six months to become fluent in English. So B1, B2 level. Um, but I was living in Australia. But even so, some I know some of my friends, they've been also to Australia and they came back without the same level that I have and that I did back then. So it also depends on people. You can't tell them, you know, go and, and leave and go to Australia and America for two, two years or, or six months and you'll become fluent. Uh, you can also do that at home. But most people, they don't really realize, you know, the, the time, the, the effort that you have to put into and they think it's work. Um, and so, so straight away they start with the wrong food. They really need to, and so that's what I'm telling them, they really need to spend time with the language. Don't think as a work, don't think as something difficult, don't think of, you know, something that you have to learn. Think that's something you enjoy being with. Otherwise, you won't, you will be discouraged. Otherwise, you'll see that after one week, two weeks, or even one month, two months, you'll be discouraged because you'll get the opportunity to speak with English speakers, mostly when you live in Paris or Lyon or where I live, because we have a lot of Americans and tourists here. So you, you can uh, eventually become, um, uh, you, can, you, can, you can be discouraged because, you know, you want, you're like, okay, well, I'm learning English for quite some time now and I can't even, you know, speak English or I can't even have a proper conversation even with a tourist well it's not because you did something wrong or because you took the wrong book or the wrong school or you know the wrong teacher it's just you need to spend time with the language you really need to spend time with the language and you need to feel comfortable with your teacher you need to be comfortable with you know, the, the, the program you're taking online, don't fall into the trap like some thing I, can, I could see on the internet, uh, learning English without doing any grammar or learning English without learning any, uh, you know, simple tenses, things like that. Don't learn into that trap. Don't fall into that trap, sorry. And just spend time with the language. And the best way to spend time with the language is to do, the thing that you love the most. What do you like? Do you like watching TV? Do you like watching movies? Do you like reading? Do you like um, it, hearing people talk, like podcasts or something? But you really need to spend time with the language. 
So first, they have to break, you know, all the, the thing that we, we are used to at school, you know, how to learn something. They really need to, 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 to break all the barriers first and be comfortable with it and say, okay, well, this time frame, like six months or one year, it, it, it will go, like it would go by. So instead of, you know, just talking about how much you want to speak English, well, try to put this time in a good use. So try just now, start now by just hearing English, not to really listen, not to try to understand, you know, the full um, movies, movie or the full whatever you're hearing at the moment. Just be comfortable, just be, you know, with the language first. And then slowly you can start by, you know, sitting in front of the TV and say, okay, well, right now I want to watch the news and I want to understand everything they're saying. Okay, so five minutes. During five minutes, you put the subtitles on and you sit and you think. But if you do that for like, you know, hours at the end of the day or at the end of the week, you'll be discouraged and you'll quit and you won't get back to it. So that's really important first, you know, to, to think outside the box, not to think like the school tried to, you know, try to teach us how to learn new things. That's really, that's really important because that's what people, when they came to me, the second thing they say to me is, I don't want to learn English the way I did in school. Mm -hmm. So it's actually being traumatized. You know, people are traumatized by school <laughs> and how we teach language at, and that's true, how we teach language at school. And that's a shame. And I, I, can, I can understand that because even myself, I didn't learn English at school. I mean, yes, but obviously when I left high school, I thought of myself, you know, oh, I can speak English and I can speak with a native English. But when I was in Australia, when I left for Australia, I realized that everything I did in school it actually didn't help me. So I had to restart yeah, everything I mean, over. School is, school is a tricky thing. Because mm -hmm. learning a language in school, most of the students in the language class, a lot of the time, they're just required to be there. They don't really want to be there. Um, exactly. So they don't really have much motivation to learn. But I would say that if you're a student who actually has a purpose for learning the English language and you're going through the um, regime in school, I, I do honestly believe that you can... Um, you can make a lot of it if you want you to, can. essentially. It all depends, like you said, why you Whatever want to learn you English. put into it. Exactly. exactly. It really does end up coming down to that. So, I mean, yeah. But I'm going to, the chats are piling up here. I'm just going to address some of them. Uh, hi from Morocco. Okay. Shout out to Morocco. Thank you, buddy, for sharing. Slim from Tunisia. Okay. Sweet. Hi from Canada. Okay. Shout out to Canada. I'm a big supporter of you. 
Big five. Okay, cool. Hi, I'm from Algeria and I'm just enjoying this conversation. Okay, thank you, Fauzi. Sorry if I butchered your name there. <laughs> I'm really bad with names from North Africa and the Middle East. Uh, I'm from Africa. It's very interesting. Thanks. And yeah, if you guys have any questions at all, feel free to ask away and we'll definitely um, answer them to the best of our abilities. Um, good afternoon from Lakeland, Florida. Welcome back, Kevin. For English people, it's difficult to speak and pronounce almost all of the languages. So it's more difficult for them to teach non-English speakers. Yep, that's definitely true. Um, especially for native English speakers like myself, it's very difficult for us to relate um, to non-native speakers. Like, uh, for example, if I'm helping someone whose first language is Chinese or Mandarin Chinese, um, I can only teach them if they're already at the intermediate level. It's going to be extremely difficult for me to teach them if they're at the, uh, the absolute beginner level. It's going to be almost impossible. So um, that is true. Anna369, is there a tip to know or a better rule to know how to pronounce American or British English? Uh, what do you think, Angelina? Well, there's not one tip. There's not one rule. There's actually a full chapter, you know, how to pronounce and how to learn American English and, and British English. Um, but probably the best advice I can give for that question um, is to, if you want to focus on American English, let's say, well, you have to get used to hear American English. So spend time with the American English. <laughs> Listen and watch American movies. So not really movies because um, I'm, like I'm telling them, most of the actors on, you know, on, on, on the films, they speak proper English. They really articulate and even the full sentence, you know, that's not the way people in everyday life used to speak English. So um, I most recognize, uh, advise them, sorry, to speak English, uh, to hear English first um, on the news, like American English news and also human podcast. Um, like I said, when I say hear, not listen, that's actually different. Because, you know, when you listen, that's more an active process of learning. And when you hear, it's most of the time a passive way of learning English. So you don't uh, trigger the, this, the, the same part of the brain. And that's also really important. So um, I don't know American news, but... If you can find out on YouTube channel, just put American news and let the video uh, play and try to you know do something else like doing the cleaning or doing you know whatever you want to do at this at this time. But you need to focus on something else, you know, and that's how 
your brain will think that, oh, okay, I'm not in my uh, comfortable environment, I'm somewhere else. So you trigger in the part of your brain that you're not used to. And this part will try to understand where you are and will try to understand what it's saying in order to, like I said, survive. You know, that's actually survival instinct. And when you trigger that part, well, it, become, it will become easier for you when you come to the active part of the process, learning process. And uh, you'll be like, oh, okay, I hear this sound, or I know this word, or I can understand what they're saying without even thinking or without even putting too much of an effort. But the active and the passive um, learning process are two different methods, but uh, they are um, essential. You have to do them together. You can't just hear or you can't just, you know, do the active. When I say active, it's like, you know, taking your grammar books or, sorry, the listening audio, whatever you want to, to in order to improve your English. So that's the active part. And the passive part is where you do something else and the environment, uh, your brain thinks that you're in a completely different environment. That's when, you know, the brain will start the process, the learning process. For sure. I don't and know if that makes sense of what, I, what I'm saying. It, it, it does. I, and I don't want to make it too complicated. But mm -hmm. when you go to large cities, like let's say New York City or London or something like that, it's really diverse. So unfortunately, I wish it was as simple as it's just American English and it's just British English, but it's so diverse that you're going to get people who are mixed race and maybe speak a little bit differently. You're going to get some people, um, there's going to be lots of other people who speak English as a second language and they'll have different accents. Uh, even in the country like you, the United States of America, each different state is almost like a different country in the way that they speak. Yes. The way that they speak in Texas is going to be way different than the way that they speak <laughs> in New York. So um, it's... For that, uh, yes, it's different. And for that, you know, to be able to understand them, you really need to switch the accent. So don't just stay on one accent when you listen to, you know, English. Otherwise, you won't be able to understand other kinds of accent. That's also one of the, you know, most common mistakes French people um, do is to only listen movies and most of the time it's American in English movies and then they start to hear other accents like you know for tourist accents or even English or Australian Australian is completely different or my I mean when I was there I couldn't even understand one word like I, I was like oh my god I spent two years, you know, trying to understand English with movies and with podcasts. And then I went to Australia and I, I couldn't understand anything. Well, if it, make, if it makes you feel any better, so, I, I can't understand Australians either. <laughs> it's, well, like you, yes. you get to a certain... ...understand like really basic things. 
But mm-hmm. when it gets a little bit extreme, like if Australians start speaking in slang terminology, or like uh, even if Canadians start speaking in slang terminology, and we used a lot of um, slang that comes from the city of Toronto, I, I can almost guarantee that anyone who doesn't live in the city of Toronto will not understand the way that they communicate their slang terminology. So, I mean, um, don't feel like inferior. Don't feel discouraged if you can't understand um, extremely nuanced dialects of English um, because you're not supposed to. <laughs> you're not supposed to exactly. understand it. Um, <laughs> yes. Just, I'd say definitely put more of an emphasis on the place that you come from or the place that you plan on spending the most time. That's an English-speaking region in the world. And then um, try to adapt to um, the way that they speak there, basically. And of course, the way that they speak there, it's not just to be that city's demographics type of English, basically. Um, The majority of the English speakers in that particular region is what you should be like. You have, I mean, that's correct. You have also, you know, the the slang part. And obviously, the slang part when you live in, you know, some part of Canada or some part of the United States won't be the same slang in Australia or in English. But even the accent, even the pronunciation are not the same. And and, and and even the way they, you know, the culture of words are not the same. So the simple think of hey how are you i couldn't understand it i just couldn't because the accent is not the same the pronunciation it's not the same it's not at the same place i mean when i say it's not the same so i remember like some you know strong came to me and he's like hey how are you and i'm like what? <laughs> what is he saying? Like, what? he's asking me how are you? I? I mean, I was lost. I was just lost, and it took me like probably three months to mm-hmm. to be able to understand them. So that was long, actually, three months, you know. And you yeah. can completely be discouraged. And I just wanted to go back home. I'm like, oh my god, you know, I can't understand yeah. anything. I can't work. I can't speak with them. I, I'm lost. And then. When I wanted to, like, when I wanted to go back to France, when I wanted to quit, that's when I started to to understand them. Because most of the time, it's like that. It's when you feel tired. It's when you feel like you know you spend too much time or you spend too much of effort, and you feel like you're not you're getting nowhere. It's actually where you are going somewhere so you just need to you know stay you know right where you are and just keep doing the work you're doing and that at some point it will just click and when mm-hmm. it clicks the brains goes to another level yep it's uh yeah it's normal to be uncomfortable that means you're gro- you're growing if you're outside of your yeah. comfort zone so yeah that's that's definitely true and um the other thing i was going to say was um, yeah, I'm sure Bob, the Canadian, he's a good, uh, good English teacher. We were talking about if Mandarin Chinese or any other language would eventually surpass the English language and become a more popular language. But he had an interesting take and he thought that English will replace English basically. 
as you can even see if you're active on social media, if you're active on TikTok, you can already see there's new slang terminology. The younger generation is speaking completely differently. Um, basically, English will probably replace English. And then there's also so many different dialects of English like we just discussed. Um, so it's, uh, it's never ending kind of. And even native English speakers, like I said earlier, we can't really understand each other um, in very particular situations. So that is really normal. So mm -hmm. whatever you do, don't drive yourself crazy trying to learn every single accent. Um, just focus on the one that's the most. A lot of people from France come over here to Canada and they don't understand Quebecois. They don't understand the, the, the Quebec <laughs> way of speaking French. Yes. So it's, um, it's the same it, thing. It, yeah, same thing. So we have another question here. Kuntam, uh, please, how to speak very well in English from a French country? I'm trying to speak, but sometimes I can't pronounce the words in English. Sometimes I forget some words. It's not easy, like you said, because I have to start English class in April, but I can't speak very well in English. Very interested to speak. Okay, so um, you have trouble pronouncing words. Sometimes you forget words. French speaker. Well, it's, you know, you just started to learn English since April. It's very early. I mean, you, it just started, so that's normal if you can, you know, pronounce some words or sometimes if you um, forget words, that's just normal at this stage. I mean, so same, same tip as ever, same advice as, as ever if you want to you know, improve your English. Um, just spend time with the language, do the thing that you love most. Do you like reading? Do you like the, you know, even music can help you um, in a different way, of course, but you can learn like that or you can just watch TV or um, hear news or hear podcasts or listen, whoever wants to talk in English. Um, and slowly you will learn and slowly you will remember words. Um, yeah, but I th mean, there my, is no. My, yeah, there's no. I would say. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's no, there's no magic bullet. There's no exactly. quick solution to learn English, like in a few weeks or a few months. I know on the yeah. internet there's a lot of stuff yes. floating around saying become fluent in English in one week, <laughs> become fluent in English <laughs> in one day, blah blah blah. But it, I'm sorry, it's not true. It's it, it's not true. Like uh, it's just a marketing way of you know, yeah, selling records. It's but no, it's you... it's totally normal. It's totally normal to be uncomfortable yes. in the beginning. You have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You have to manage your expectations. Okay. And you need exactly. to understand that uh, by repeating the same kind of mundane tasks, but if you repeat them over and over and over again, it really exactly. will become natural. In basketball or kick a soccer ball for the first time, or if you're learning how to play an instrument for the very first time after a ton of repetition, 
it will become natural. If you, if you have the mindset to continue doing it for years yes. to come. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So be patient. <laughs> That's the yeah. word. Yep. <laughs> then Foxy Dev, speaking of American English and British English, as an ESL, I have to learn words from both ways of the language. As a result, I sometimes speak British words in American pronunciations. Um, <laughs> yeah, as an ESL. <laughs> when you were learning English, Angelina, did you uh, learn because you're in France, did you learn like American English or Australian English because you went there or British uh, English or was it? Well, at school, it's British English. Okay. Okay. There's no American English. There's no Australian English. There is one English and it's British. Pretty much like that at school. Okay. Um, but again, that's not the way you learn a language. Um, so I didn't really focus, you know, the way of one word uh, in, in American or this word in American or this word in English. Um, the voc because it's more about a vocabulary part, okay? So uh, first as a ESL, an English teacher, but from another country, um, the first thing, you know, I teach, it's not vocabulary, it's, grammar it's the speaking it's the pronunciation but again the pronunciation in english in english it's like almost the, not the same but they in english there is a if like you say the foundation okay so start with the foundation like the word start start in english american or in english british or in english australian it's the same okay there is no start in different way of saying and there is no another words of saying start, okay? So don't try to think of, you know, the word in English or the word in American. Don't try to, you know, obviously if you want to say couch or sofa, but most of English, native English knows the difference now. So as a French, um, as a French people, as a French native, I didn't really, you know, focus on the difference. I was first focusing on you know just understand proper English when they speak English meaning you know the grammar and uh, some words also but after a while after you know I had a good level of English that's where I started to you know know the difference between the pronunciation let's say on social media i did a reel like some time ago about pronunciation and i know how tricky this is okay um the pronunciation part because like you said obviously we have english uh, have um different language a different pronunciation american uh, english and australian and so i was you know just showing a word on the screen and asking people how to read this word and let's say the word almond okay in british they don't pronounce the l they say almond in american they say almond but that's technicality almost you know what i mean it's not it's not really important at first Okay, it's not really important if you say an English word in American. I mean, 
that's not even a mistake. For me, it's not even a mistake. It's just, you know, showing to students and even to, to native English uh, speakers that you can speak English in a general way. You can speak American English, you can speak British English, you can speak, you know, any kinds of English actually. So the, it's not really, you know, a war, but like the fighting or the arguing between, you know, some pronunciation in American English or even British English sometimes just, I think that this is, you know, uh, only English English speakers problem, not any other people problem, any other people problems. The um, for for learners or for teacher, I mean, that's totally fine. They they won't even your students they won't even notice that you were speaking in American or an English word. You know what I mean? It's not even the wrong way of teaching. It's just a way of teaching English. So I just, you know, advise to this teacher that not to put too much, you know, effort on this or not to bother too much on this. That's not really necessary or important part. Yeah, I I would agree. Um for most instances and for most people, um, yeah, it, it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, and like we even touched on earlier, um, native English speakers, a lot of them don't have good English grammar. Uh, a lot of them are not able to <laughs> communicate. So a lot of people who speak English as a second language who can communicate better than a lot of native speakers yeah. in certain parts of the world, um, particularly America. <laughs> don't mean to insult America, but... <laughs> Um, yes. the education's a little bit bad there on uh, a lot of places, but, um, but yeah. And, and again, like we talked about earlier, you only really need to get to like the B2 level to be able to get by exactly. in most situations around the world. Exactly. Like I would only focus on the nuances between American English and British English. If you're like the president delivering a speech and you're, you're going to be criticized <laughs> on everything you say or do on the highest level maybe it makes sense but even or... that i'm not sure but yes <laughs> a lot of people listen to me and a lot of people who follow me they're actually english teachers in foreign countries and they're trying to yes. teach english as a second language to other people yes. so yeah. for you as an english teacher it may be actually pretty important to know these differences uh, but for most people, um, I wouldn't get too hung up on it. It's, yeah. it's not the end of the world. Yeah. So exactly. It's not yeah. the end of the world. Yes. Yeah. And then Noel Bahi, hi from France. Okay. Shout out to you. Voxidev, thank you for the insightful advice. Okay. You're welcome. From... <laughs> All right, so we're approaching the one-hour mark, so I'm going to ask you the final question that I ask to everyone who I interview, okay? So okay. let's say um, someone in France comes up to you, right? They only know French, don't know any English. So they come up to you and they say, in America, I need to learn English. I need to get to at least the B2 level. Um, and they ask you, Angelina, what do I need to do to get there? And how long is it going to take me specifically 
how long can I expect it to take me to get there? How would you advise that person? That would be the same advice, actually. And um, if you want to, like, you, um, it will also depends on how much time you have left before to to go to, you know, America, let's say, do you have, do you need to go there in uh, one the, year time, just six a, months? As, as soon as possible. What's, as the, soon as what's possible? the quickest way I can get from a beginner to B2? How long will it take me? As soon as possible. <laughs> there is no quicker way. <laughs> there is no, but um, because this person will be very motivated, okay? I would recommend to do several things at a time, like the listening part, the pronunciation part, and also the reading part. So the grammar, the reading, so the reading is the grammar. Uh, the listening part is, well, you when you listen, you know, um, the TV, but not movies. Um, and then the pronunciation part will be to, to imitate. So, um, do these three things uh, every day uh, as long as you can. And when you feel comfortable, uh, just buy a ticket and go and try. Try to speak English and then jump in and don't be afraid because that will be scary. That's for sure. That will be also very challenging because um, some people can learn English in six months. Some people can learn a language very easy and quickly. Some don't. So you can't really give a time, time frame, but you just have to keep trying until you succeed. So that's the thing I would recommend. Just do, listen, 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 and then buy the ticket, fly ticket, and then just go there and try to talk, try to speak. So basically, um, don't worry so much about the outcome. Just make sure that you're consistently working towards your goal, essentially. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I would say like, um, yeah, if I had to answer that, my short answer to the question okay. would be, it depends how much time you put into it. Um, if you put in one hour per day, every single day, and it's structured, you have someone who. I think if you put one hour in every single day, you can maybe get conversational in English, I think, in probably around a year, more or less. Well, you depending never know. On, that's yeah. it depends on so many things, you know. Yeah, there are a lot about, of nuances. It's yeah. not just about, you know, the the, the the time you put into it. It's not just about the teacher. It's not just about, you know, the books. It's not just about the listening part. It's also personal. You need mm -hmm. to break the, some barrier first. Yeah. You need to be confident. You need to think. You need to tell yourself that you can do it. Mm -hmm. That's really important, you know. And then, and then it depends. And then, you know, some... Some equation will work with, with one person, but not with another. You just have yeah. to, you know, try different methods. Uh, if mm. you if you have also, that's another thing, you know, people don't have really a lot of money to put into a teacher. I can understand that because sometimes it can be 
you know, a budget. So, um, but if you can't take an English teacher, uh, try to, to follow as many as you can on social media. Just listen, podcasts like this one, just, you know, mm. but as, as much time as you can in a day. Don't try to quantify, actually. And mm. then when you feel tired, maybe stop or do a break. But let's say if you are, if you have to go in America in the quickest way or the as soon as possible, you don't have time to think about, oh, okay, I have two, two, two weeks or I have mm. six months to learn English. No, just jump into it mm-hmm. and, and do some work and, and try to spend <clears throat> most of the, your time in English, even if you work, like on your breaks or... Or on your, you know, when you take your coffee or when you just wake up or when you take your breakfast or when you drive, when you, you have to put like all the little time that you have in English all the time until you sleep and then you start over and then you go and then you speak. Yep. Um, yeah, that is, that is a very valid point. That's very true. Um, success, it's usually never linear. It's usually always a zigzag yes. a lot of ups and downs so mm-hmm. yeah no i actually i actually do agree with that and maria says hi from italy hello maria uh we're leaving now unfortunately but <laughs> thank you for uh <laughs> joining the stream okay so um before we close up angelina where can they mm-hmm. find you on social media they can find me pretty much everywhere <laughs> uh on facebook on Instagram also, on YouTube, on TikTok. Just write English with Angelina and you'll find me. Near future, uh, what, how exactly do you go about uh, teaching your English students? I'm sorry, I couldn't understand. Oh, sorry, just, yeah, please. I think the connection cut. I was going to say, yeah, are you, are you working on any new projects um, in the near future? Or, um, yes. What exactly, um, how exactly do you go about your uh, teaching services? Well, I, I teach on, I mean, I don't do uh, sessions like uh, mm-hmm. one-on-one sessions or I don't right. do teaching live anymore uh, i'm doing uh, online co- online lessons sorry mm-hmm. and i wanted to try something completely different i didn't want to you know put a, like a, a long uh, online a program like you have to do all the programmer part or the listening part or things like that part you know i wanted to do like small online lessons um let's say on a very specific uh, subject for example uh, making a small talk and you have mm-hmm. three to five or seven videos but very short probably mm-hmm. 30 seconds or one minute and then you have interactive exercises that you can train you can also you know um, train with I just put that online to a um, AI program where mm-hmm. you can speak and it will tell you if you pronounce correctly or not but i wanted to try something different i wanted to try something more fun and more engaging for people and more you know um uh, how can i say this um valuable on Mm -hmm. the 
daily life, you know. Right. So I did like really small lessons, online lessons, and you can find uh, on my website ten short online lessons for almost like very low budget, and and then you just buy the the lessons wrong and and start doing your you know the process of learning. Hmm. Solid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's cool. See if it works. There you go, guys. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. And for us, it's just Arc English on all platforms. We're easy to find. A R C English. And uh, yeah, that's all for today. And we'll see you guys next time.